love you. Boy, welcome back, Couch Potatoes, to the, what is this, the eighth riveting episode of the James Bond playlist. Is that true? This is the eighth film. Eighth film. Eighth film in the franchise. Third Bond. Here we go. We're we're, yeah. we're pumped for this one, guys. We're, we are excited. So, we are ready. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. Yeah, and I am the Faceless Leon. This is a podcast about movies and TV called Green Faces on the Couch. And like you said, it's the third Bond. This uh, Bond, Roger Moore, took up the post oh, yeah. of 007 after Sean Connery's return. Short-lived return. His Grover Cleveland era, where he's like, I'm just going to take a bit of a break and let yeah. The other guy have it. Is that what happened with Grover Cleveland? Or did he just get voted out and then people were like, ah, bring Cleveland back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was more like what (laughs) happened was he got voted out and he was like, now don't you miss me? And they're like, yeah, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike a current situation. Hopefully. Certain presidents nowadays need to stick gone. (laughs) Please. Just saying. Please. We don't want this repeat Grover Cleveland bullshit. Go to jail, you fuck. Yeah, please. <laughs> I could go on for a long time about that, but I don't want to get him in the town. Yeah, the yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Oops, let's cut that from the recording. He doesn't deserve. It. Okay. <laughs> we're angering somebody, I'm sure. Who cares? But yeah, we're here with Live and Let Die, and I would have told you a long yeah, time ago that Live and Let Die is just a song by the, uh, Paul McCartney and the Wings. I think <laughs> he did it with the Wings. Maybe yeah. he just did a solo. Yeah, he did. But no, it's the Wings. It was on the okay. credits. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally spaced. This whole movie, I spaced everything. But they used the fuck out of that song. It was written for yeah. this movie, apparently. Well, that's because it's the catchiest one so far. Even beats yeah, Go Finger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, they got a genius to write the song. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's... It's honestly one of my favorite songs, and I don't know. Yeah. I, I knew that this movie was titled Live and Let Die, and I also, then that, that it existed, but I just didn't put two and two together. That every Bond movie has a song titled after the movie, and that the, right. the Paul McCartney song was for this. Same boat. I, I never even knew. And then, like when it when it started playing, like literally once the the Bond you know intro started, because they have they always had the most extravagant you know very well fun shot. I always I'm kind of always in the next into the next Bond movie solely for the intro because I'm just like oh this would be fun. Let's see what they did. Yeah, you know. And yeah. then once it happens after that, then I just like all right, brain turn off. Okay, <laughs> you know, just zone out and like veg into this movie. Yeah, I really kind of expected Blowfield to show up too. I'm just gonna spoil that at, at the start here. This this ends the streak Dude, of Blowfield, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, kind of happy I, that he didn't show yeah. up. Like yeah. I, I want I want Bond to, and maybe they will again. I haven't watched any of the Roger Moore. This is my introduction to Roger Moore, just as Same. it was everybody else's back in 1970, whatever Six. 73. I think so. You know, I, I love I love the intro. I didn't know it was, you know, I, I wasn't expecting it. Once it started playing, I was just like, oh, I know this song. And I was like, oh, oh, my God. And I was like, wow. 
never knew that at all. It's so crazy. But yeah, and then they use it so much throughout the movie. Like, during, like, like, every action scene, you hear, like, the beginning. (laughs) Did they use the other songs as frequently? Like, is it just because I'm so exposed to this song that I noticed it? Or is it just this movie? I don't think they used them that frequently. I think they used it this frequently because it was Paul McCartney. They were like, we're getting our fucking money's worth out of this man. He probably cost like a fourth of the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Honestly. We got got one of the Beatles to fucking perform for us. They just quit not too long ago. This is exciting. (laughs) Roger Ward could do whatever the fuck he wants. We got Paul McCartney. Uh, and speaking of Roger Moore, speaking of the casting, I read this right before we started uh, recording here, and I thought that was hilarious. They apparently considered Steve McQueen and Paul Newman for the roles, and... Aren't they American? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they also approached and were going to give the role to Burt Reynolds, but Burt Reynolds turned it down, saying that the role should be played by a British guy. 100%. Good <laughs> good call. Good call, Burt. Yep. I agree. But then they approached a bunch of other people, and they even talked about Anthony Hopkins, uh, but Hopkins thought he wasn't right for the role, and eventually, yada, 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 they found Roger Moore. Could you imagine if he was James Bond and Hannibal Lecter? I know, right? (laughs) That would have been amazing. Though, I don't know, you you might be right, he might not have been right for the role, but maybe I would have liked this movie more. Right. I mean, I I feel like I would have been more interested because that was kind of the draw with uh, with um, Sean Connery was even if I wasn't liking the movies, I was still in it for Sean Connery because it's Sean Connery. Right. Like that was real fun. And then I mean, George Lazenby, at least his movie was fun and I was interested in it. Yeah. But with Roger Moore's first movie, boy, I was like, yeah, I I watched it all. I was paying attention as well as I could. Right. But man, I really did not give one fuck at all. <laughs> no, I, I, I sadly agree to say up front, uh, it's not a great first introduction. Uh, <clears throat> why, why don't uh, you honestly probably are a little bit more fresh on this synopsis? Can, could you give us a synopsis right. of this story? I will do my best. It is going to be very chopped and very blunt. And first I and will foremost. add it, what I remember if I remember. <laughs> first and foremost, they brought back Guy Hamilton to direct and Tom Mankiewicz uh, wrote the script. Um, it doesn't deal with crazy, maniacal supervillain. You know, I mean, I, we already mentioned Blofeld's not there, but like no crazy, maniacal supervillain. No, like. Uh, Doctor No, like end of the world kind of thing. Well, what? Yeah, not an end of the world kind of thing. You're right, but Mister Big, right. I would still. It's dealing with heroin sales. That's yes. it. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's fucked with heroin. Sales. <laughs> it's still fucked, but it's just like, why is Bond taking down drug trafficking on? His, yeah, and in America, resume? and in the in America, yeah. I can't remember yeah, let why Felix he Leiter got have involved. This yeah. Yeah, why did he get involved? Well, he gets involved. He gets involved because three MI6 agents who, for some reason, were involved already themselves are killed in Jamaica, I believe. 
I can't remember where uh, I, where Doctor Kananga's headquarters. I think it was is. a made up na- island nation. Yes, you're right. Uh, San Monique and the Car- a small Caribbean nation called San Monique. But I think I'm I gonna, think it's made up because it's yeah. I'm gonna do. Just it doesn't click. give me the option to click on San Monique, so I just assume. But uh, yeah, he goes. Bond goes down there to investigate why these people were killed. Uh, he meets up with the for whatever reason he actually goes to New York first. This is this is one of the biggest problems of this whole movie. They bounce quickly between the Deep South, uh, New York, and this small Caribbean island. Like they right. go back and forth so quickly that I don't know where anything takes place at all. And I kind of gave up after a while. Because it's just like one scene, Bond seems like he's in New York. The next scene, he's like escaping crocodiles in the South. And I'm just like, okay. Like, people do have to travel, and travel does take time. And like, we're not going to forget that in a film. So now all it does is just make it look stupid. Like, it just makes it (laughs) stupid and confusing. But, anyways. Is fictional, by the way. I did just want to confirm that. And they, somebody made a map of it, and it kind of looks like. A mix of Cuba and Espanola, uh, if anybody knows geo- ge- geographic shapes, I guess. Geography. It's not, yeah, geographic. <laughs> is, that's right. That's the right term. Okay. I thought maybe I, I said so. geometric, and that's not the right term. <laughs> no, I was just saying geography in a stupid yeah. way. Yeah, no worries. But anyways, yeah, Bond goes to New York. To do something there. Mm-hmm. Meets up with Felix Leiter, who is now played by somebody new, I believe. Uh, David. Uh, David Hedison. Thank you. And uh, he does a decent job as the new Felix Leiter. Sure. Uh, probably only in it for one role because, you know, everybody changes their face in between movies. But whatever. Uh, in New York, when Bond gets there, he's attacked. I remember that. There's a car chase. Right. Uh... Bond escapes it like Bond does. It was a decent car chase, I believe. But Bond tracks that killer to Harlem. He goes in, right. goes deep into Harlem, and uh, meets with. Does is that where he meets? Hold on. He meets Mister Big. He meets Mister Big there. He does, but there's like that's like the penultimate. That's like not the penultimate. That that's where it, this venture into Harlem leads. Like, he's looking for Mr. Big, and he talks to a whole bunch of different people to get there. That's what I remember about it. Right. But, like, (laughs) and then once he finally gets there, Mr. Big is like, get rid of this honky ass. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's that's another thing, is this movie is very much uh, kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it's, I mean, I guess appropriating is probably the best word. It's appropriating blaxploitation films. Like it seems like it's trying that. to be a bo- yeah like I I don't I, yeah it's try like it's trying not to be offensive like it seemed like they were like hey we want to make a Bond movie where we can have a lot of black people in it so that you know we can say that yeah. we're giving people jobs and then like but right. we gotta be careful we gotta be careful but they are just like right on that fucking line the whole time. Oh, yeah. The whole time, like they do, they do to give it credit. They do have the first black Bond girl who you know gets to be seduced by Bond. So it's like she then eventually 
betrays she, Bond. Yeah, but... <laughs> she dies rather shortly afterwards. Spoilers. Take Bond's penis and it's a death sentence. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm trying to find... But they also, you know, the they also, all the villains are black people. Bond, they also bring back, uh, what's his name? He was in an he was in an earlier film. He a uh, helper of Bond, a, a coral. friend. Yes, I uh, don't know if it's coral. the same coral, but uh, Roy Stewart plays coral. And, and I, if I recall, in the last time he was uh, in it, he had a thicker island accent than Roy Stewart is putting on. But I, I think it's a different the, uh, person. He was in Doctor No. That he, was the first time, and, and in Doctor No, he was played by John Kitzmiller. And I really thought that Coral died in that movie. You know, I kind of thought that too. But when they when they brought him back, and he was like my friend Coral, I was like, oh, "All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's how <laughs> nice. I felt. Yeah. That's cool." And he has a bigger he has a bigger role in this too. Like they did, I think it so. did seem like they were trying to give the black actors they hired the black characters they had written and try to give them something to add to the script because like Coral adds right. a lot. Especially at the end, he actually does things to help Bond succeed at right. the end. Yeah. And, like, you know, they don't really do much, honestly, with uh, who's the Bond lady? Which one was she? Uh, the Solitaire. first one um, that you were talking about? Rosie Carver. Rosie Carver. Rosie. She's a CIA agent. She's, like, a rookie CIA agent, so she's very jumpy, very not not experienced at all. And Bond's kind of, like, making fun of that throughout the whole time, too. Right. It's like she doesn't really get much to do. So is she a CIA? I didn't catch that part if she is. I do yeah. remember her being extremely, what's the word, a, a, extremely superstitious about yeah, like yeah. the different like icons and stuff that get left behind, basically d- designed to scare these local people into doing something. I really didn't understand the plot. I guess like you said, it's heroin. It, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's literally all it is. It's just Mr. Big selling heroin, and for some reason, uh, Doctor Kananga's tied into it. Like the yeah. you know the MI6 is investigating Doctor Kananga, and I think the CIA is investigating Mr. Big, and yet right. somehow they're tied together. And and you know Bond's trying to you know figure out what the tie is, but and, and because they're in the Caribbean area, because they're in the like Caribbean islands. Of course, the white people are going to have voodoo and and right. that kind of stuff attached to it. So, like when you're saying that um, she's very superstitious, it's like she sees a voodoo charm or something, or our right. interpretation of a voodoo a cinema's interpretation of a voodoo charm, and you know freaks out about it. It's just <laughs> I don't know. It's just, just it's all just a mess. It's all just a whole hodgepodge right. mess in my brain. And I'm trying to remember it all for some reason. Rosie is a, a double agent in a way. Right. I think she's working for somebody, and that and, and that somebody has her, you know, killed shortly after she sleeps with Bond. So Bond has to go and find a new Bond girl. Yeah, that because that's the rule of 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 yeah. the Bond verse. Yeah, he has to have a Bond girl at least every ten minutes. Like that's if there's right. not a Bond girl in a ten minute scenario, the movie's gonna just not sell any money. But he, he met earlier, I mentioned Solitaire, uh, when I was trying to remember Rosie Carver's name. Who, Rosie Carver, by the way, played by Gloria Hendry. I don't think I said that. But he, Solitaire was a psychic who worked at, right. I think in Harlem, maybe? No. He, she, he worked, worked with Kanonga. She worked with Kananga. 
She works, yeah, directly with Kananga. Right. Or Mr. Big. I'm and she's played by Jane Seymour. Yep. Yeah, and Bond, uh, trick. I remember Bond tricked her into <laughs> sleeping with him. Um, right. And she said, I had to, it was in the cards. <laughs> it was in the cards, yeah. So it's like, it, it, it wasn't technically, like, rape. Like, he didn't... Yeah. She did consent to it because she thought she the did. cards told her to. He, he lied his way into her pants. <laughs> this is true. It was a, a little gross. I, I feel like if she found out later, she would be upset. But I think like, an argument could be made for rape. Maybe. I don't know. It's a coercion for sure, maybe. Um, yeah, coercion. Okay, there we go. Yeah, because he... he it, she is a tarot card reader. She's a psychic. She gives tarot card readings. I don't remember the the version of the tarot card reading she did, but it was like it, I, it was very similar to like the cross, but it wasn't the uh, was it called the Celtic cross? Is that what it's called? I don't know, man. My my tarot <laughs> card's bad, man. I don't know either. I'm sorry, tarot card users and all Wiccans out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she probably did it wrong. <laughs> probably. Yeah, well, I mean Bond. Yeah, uh, he replaces her tarot card deck with the lovers. Like it's all yeah. just the lovers, and you know he's trying to do his best to seduce her, and she's you know being like, "Nope, I work for Kananga. Stay away from me." And he's like, "Well, why don't you try your cards?" And she flips the card over, and it's the lovers, and she's like, oh, "I should oh, sleep no, with this man. I must. I must." And she does. And the mouth. funny thing is, once she takes Bond's penis. She uh, loses her psychic abilities because I know. that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> she has to stay chaste. And now Kananga's pissed about that, so Kananga's like, nope, you gotta die. And yeah. and that's pretty much the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, somewhere in the process, Kananga knocks out Bond. Like, Bond is unconscious. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mr. Big knocks out... Uh, spoilers. The reason we're getting them mixed up is not because we're white racists. Uh, it's because Mr. Big and Kananga are the exact right. same fucking person. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just to explain <laughs> that we're not being racist. <laughs> yeah. Kananga slash Mr. Big is played by Yafet Koto. Yes. And, and he and, wears and a... Honestly, uh, a prosthetic, yeah, for Mr. Yeah. Big. And I like that scene when he takes the prosthetic yeah. off. That's an awesome scene. Because honestly, the Cause whole it was time disturbing. I was watching it, I was like, "Man, did like Mister? Did the actor who played Mister Big get into some kind of accident at one point?" <laughs> That's what I, was <laughs> I feel rude for thinking that, but it's like I was like, "Man, his his nose and brow is just all fucked up." <laughs> well, you know who did get into an accident. Uh, Mr. Big or Kananga's henchman, Tihi, who's got oh, yeah. like a, um, a pincher, it's, it's called here on, yeah, on Wikipedia, that's a right. pincher tipped prosthetic arm. Yeah, he has an arm that, like, it, it, it's in a claw, but it, it's a pincher hook. Like, yeah, it's like, just it like the claw together. from uh, Inspector Gadget, except for it, it does <laughs> more things. If you're not looking, if, you, if you're not looking and then turn back around, it can turn into a different pincer. And be used for something else. Like at the end Fucking of the movie, phenomenal. doesn't he using it to like open up like a bottle of wine or something like that? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's the he's the iconic Bond story trope of you know. All right, story's over with. Time to travel yeah. away with the new Bond girl and sleep with her. 
Right. And then immediately they're attacked by one leftover assassin. And in this movie, the leftover assassin was Teehee. And he, yeah, Bond, Bond disposes of him in, you know, appropriate Bond fashion. Only for the movie to end, spoilers, uh, by showing that another henchman was on the front of the train. I don't remember which henchman <laughs> that was, though. <laughs> I don't know, but it could have been Whisper. He might be my favorite henchman of all time, at least yet so far. Whisper is played by Earl Jolly Brown, and he, uh, he he's this bigger guy, and he comes in dressed up like uh, a room steward or something, dropping off another another person dropping off room service, another trope in Bond. Yeah. And he just whispers, and Bond's like, what, what was that? And then he just whispers it again, and he's like, oh, okay. Like, every time he says something, people have to say, what? what, what? <laughs> He can only whisper. That's it. Uh, he That's is it. who he but is. But he's like super strong. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> it is pretty good. There there are hilarious like there are fun things. I will mention that. But I remember I brought up Tihi because somehow Kananga slash Mister Big knocks Bond unconscious, and instead of just killing Bond there while he's unconscious, he's like Tihi, take him away. You know, go kill him elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And Teehee takes him down to the Deep South. You know, I, I think Bond got knocked out in Harlem, but he wakes up in the Deep South. <laughs> and uh, he's on a gator pond, like, or maybe it was crocodiles. And, you know, uh, Teehee is feeding the crocodiles and everything. And he rows Bond out to an island on the in the, in the middle of the lake. And it's like, well, yeah. it's, I say an island. It's like a stone on the ground. You know, it's tiny. <sighs> and he's like, okay, bye, Bond. Are you sure the confrontation between him and Kananga or whatever, uh, hey, I said it right, Kananga wasn't in Florida? I mean, it could have been, but like... <laughs> I know at one point they, they were in Harlem. But <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in New York, and then they're in, in an island in Caribbean, and then they're in Florida, and then I think they were in Louisiana at one point. Like, You're right. I do recall that. None of yeah. it. None of it made sense. Like, just show me one fucking graphic that shows where we're at. Like, something. <laughs> yeah, and Maybe just they did. Something in the corner. Maybe they did. Maybe. I just didn't even notice. Maybe. Yeah. I couldn't stand it. Every every single scene, I was just like, where the fuck are we now? Like, this is a completely different area. <laughs> this is not how travel works. You're not Doctor Who. What I wanted to mention was... Bond... <laughs> but Bond gets left on a little rock in the middle of this lake, you know, surrounded by gators and crocodiles and what have you. And it's an, it's an exciting scene. He escapes using gators. It's really cool. But... <laughs> Why the fuck didn't they just kill him when they had him unconscious in the boss's fucking floor? I don't know, like, man. You could ask that about any movie with said formula. I, yeah, I know. It just it bothers me so much in this one because I'm just like, oh, cool, they got him unconscious. All right, shoot yeah. him. Yeah, that's it. You haven't you haven't bothered at all about the other three MI six agents who you just shot. Like, just kill him here. You can change the carpeting. You're fucking Kananga slash Mister Big. You got that heroin money. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I don't know. I I guess we talked about the movie. Should we do our closing statement? I think statements? we did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like this movie. <laughs> but I do appreciate it for <laughs> I do appreciate it for what it did, you know. It's like they they are getting more diverse casting. That's True. nice. 
you know, to, to research voodoo and that kind of stuff. They did actually travel to uh, Haiti, I believe, but they couldn't, for whatever reasons, film in Haiti. So they filmed in, I think, Jamaica. That's why I think that's why I thought it was in Jamaica. Gotcha. But like, you know, the, I do appreciate them for going out of their way to like, you know, try to do a story with a lot more uh, diverse cast, black actors and everything involved. My God, this one is just <laughs> boring. It's like, it's just yeah. all over. It's just a huge mess. The, the black exploitation feeling like, you know, cause they, right. they, they use a lot of like, they, they use honky a lot and, and pimp mobiles. And, you know, they got yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of black exploitation tropes. Like it, it, it just feels weird coming from white filmmakers. Like, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, they never use slurs on the opposite side, which I feel definitely cut deeper than saying my ears hearing honky. That does not affect me. No, <laughs> but, but I'm sure I'm I'm happy they didn't go the other way around because then I'd be like, uh, right. yeah, I'm not about this movie. Yeah, well then, yeah, then it wouldn't wouldn't have been so much like it would have been just racist, like flat yeah. out. Yeah, but this movie does does seem to try to toe on the line of being correct for you know for, I mean especially for the seventies like you know they, right. they did what they right. could but like it it just it just feels weird at times yeah and you know again also first black blonde girl that's exciting yeah they didn't use her at all or no. give her any kind of good <laughs> characteristics so that was upsetting but you know yeah she was just paves scared. the way for for the future. But no, I give it two stars. Like I, I did not like it, but it's okay still. I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it falls below the two star mark. You know, it's it's still it's still watchable. Yeah. I don't recommend it if 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 you're you know doing what we're doing and watching along, then yeah, it's 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 not the worst one I've watched so far. It didn't even make me the most upset. Uh, and and I no. think that's because I recognize that maybe they were trying to do something better for the industry at the time. But the line that they're walking, <laughs> so wibbly wobbly. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. But you know, it's they made a movie. It's a Bond movie, and I that's all I gotta say about it. And I, I want to see what else Roger Moore has because this was not a great first, first, uh, yeah. first meeting. I'm I'm willing to give him a second chance. I mean, he was he was the character for the longest, you know, more than anybody. So there had to be a reason, right? Right. So yeah. I, I'm I'm assuming the next ones should be good. Uh, I, I will also say because I we had I'd forgotten this until now. It does have a very fascinating villain kill off. Like the way they the way they kill uh sorry to spoil that he dies, but the way they kill Kananga and Mr. Big is very entertaining. Bond uh uh hold on, I gotta get the exact details right. Yeah, because I forget. Here it is. He Bond escapes and for this is directly from Wikipedia because I'm lazy. Bond escapes and forces Kananga to swallow a compressed gas pellet used in shark. Oh guns, right. Causing yeah, that was the bonkerous <laughs> thing. Causing Kananga to inflate and explode. <laughs> yeah, it was so crazy that I, I just like blanked it out of my mind. It was like the sh- most shocking thing that ever happened. Like, 
I feel like oh my God, compared to some of the other Bond movies, this one was like set more in 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 realism, like where the where that until physics then. works, anyways. Until this moment, and it's like what what happened? It was when did Willy Wonka man. get involved? I don't understand. <laughs> That's how I felt. Like when it happened, I was literally just like, "What is it?" <laughs> This is Bond, right? Like, what yeah. the fuck? What is happening? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy, man. I loved it. I loved it. It was so fun. That part but that was, was like great. the only thing about it. The rest totally of it, forgettable. Forgot. As as this episode attests, because by golly, was that 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 was a fucking hard one to pull out of my ass. Yeah, honestly, I I had a little bit of trouble of talking about it. Yeah, because it was it yeah. was so strange that it was hard to remember. That that's how I felt. Right. But hopefully, the next one is great. And the next one is, do I have it here somewhere? Of course not. (laughs) James Bond film series. The Man with the Golden Gun. Nice. Well, that's been the show. That has been the show. <laughs> I have Thanks been the faceless Leon, and I keep on talking over Greeny. <laughs> it's because of the internet lag. It's all right. It is. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope you did enjoy. Safe travels. And good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe, or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.